Hello, I'm Tim Tedder, your host on The Recovery Room, an audio resource provided by AffairHealing.com. Earlier this week, I had a phone conversation with my two oldest children, Kara and Caleb, in which they talked about their experience of growing up in a family that was being torn apart by my affair. Before I play you parts of that conversation, I want to give you a little bit more context. When I had my affair, I was on staff at a large Midwest church. I hate telling that part of my story because it's, it's one thing to admit your own infidelity, but the indiscretions of pastors and priests have become so cliche nowadays. I just hate to be another statistic in that scenario. And yet that is my story. And it's important in this context because my children attended a school that was associated with the church. And so it was not unusual for them to see me around the campus at two things that they were very much involved with. I appreciate Karen Caleb's willingness to talk about these things, and I think what they have to share is going to be helpful to you. And following this conversation, they'll be joining us live to answer any questions you may have. Caleb, Kara, I appreciate you both being willing to do this. And I guess I want to start with asking you both when did you first realize that something wasn't quite right in the family? So I think I had a suspicion that something was happening because, you know, I was at school and I did see you with the other woman walking through quite often. I think there was a moment in time where I walked down the basement and asked you about that. I think I questioned it and a little bit knew, but at the same time, you're my dad and I didn't want to believe that was truth. So um, when did I actually recognize and realize something was wrong was probably the moment when you guys sat me down and told me. And that was, that was difficult. When that took place, mom was to my left and you were standing and I just saw how hard it was for you to tell your daughter something that you did that you knew would hurt her and there was just shame covering you. And, um, I jumped up from the couch and hugged you and said, I forgive you. And in my child perspective, I was like, this is all I have right now to make this right. Like, I don't know. Like, but I love you. I still love you and I forgive you is all I said. I probably never would have guessed that that was actually what was going on. Did I wonder? Yeah. But I never would have thought that that was the actual reality. Yeah. How old were you at the time? I was 14. What about you, Caleb? When I found out, when you guys really told me, I was going into, I don't know if I was going into sixth grade, but I was in sixth grade. So I, before that, I cannot think of a time where I had any suspicion. So I was actually completely unaware. I was thinking through growing up and your and mom's relationship, and I don't think I was ever aware of any kind of issue at all, whether it was related to an affair or not. Like, I don't. I have no memory of you guys fighting about anything. The only memories I have are actually really good memories of you guys together. So I think I was really unaware of it. Didn't, it's too young to even really know what to look for. And then the only time I caught a hint was the day you guys told us. I remember coming home and uh, 
all of mom's family was there, all her sisters and cousins, which wasn't too unusual, but clearly something was different about them that day. And so I remember coming home from school and walking in the front door and everyone was just kind of looking at me and other people and sad. And then I, I don't remember what happened in between them, but I remember uh, you guys were with Kara and then Kara came home, walked through the front door and I'm pretty sure was crying. I don't, I don't know, but I remember she walked through the front door and you guys asked me to come and you guys telling me what had happened. Um, I think you did most of the talking. Mom was pretty silent, but from what I remember, I think I just kind of sat there. I mean, I understood enough to know what physically had happened, but I don't think I really grasped what it meant for our family. And it was just kind of blindsided. Like I had no anticipation of it at all. So I remember I came home and everyone knew that you guys had just told us. And so they wanted to ask me myself, but I know I just ran right up to my room and uh, hid on my bed and cried for a long time. And I think people came in and checked on me, but I don't, that's kind of all I remember of the day. Actually, just now I remember um, before we actually, we found out and we were told we were at Terry's at your sister's house. We were just hanging out. We got away. I don't know where you were going or what you were going to do, but you pulled me aside and you were walking out the door and you just hugged me. You were crying and you were like, Carrie, you know that I love you so much. And I said, yeah, I know. And I, I just saw this look in your eyes that something serious was going on. And I think maybe if I were to think about it deeper, that that was the first time that I'm like, something's going to happen. I mean, just your words and the way that you said it and then you left. I knew something was going <sighs> to... Man, you guys, I, I don't even remember those conversations with you. That's that's crazy. You don't remember those that conversation because, man, that is when it, when you have uh, like when you're thinking about the memories from finding out about the affair and on and like that's the one memory that is the most vivid. And you would think that those conversations with you guys would stand out, but honestly, I do not remember those. I have other mm. more vivid memories. Yeah. One memory that I've uh, often thought about and talked about is a memory that actually happened some years before the affair. The two of you walking home from school, and I think Kara had a friend that was uh, had parents that were getting divorced, and she apparently was talking to you about it as you walked home from school. And I saw you guys coming up on Kiowa Court as you come to the door, and could tell something was off or wrong and asked you guys what was going on and you know came in and Kara told the story and then you were both really concerned that mom and I were going to get a divorce and we sat you down on a couch and I think I asked mom to come in and I said listen you know there may be times we get upset with each other we disagree with each other and so forth but we love each other and I can tell you a lot of things may happen in this family that's one thing you will never have to fear because your mom and I will never get a divorce. I think it was on the same couch that later I told you we were divorcing. That's why that stands out to me so vividly. Mm-hmm. I don't remember you even telling us we were, you guys were getting a divorce. No, I don't remember yeah. that either. Yeah, there was a there was a day when all all of you, um, you know, I don't know if Michaela was there, but I know you and Kara and Jared, maybe Rochelle too. But you came into that middle room with the one at the fireplace and sat on the couch yeah. there, and Mom and I were both in there and uh, told you that we weren't going to be married. See, that's what I can't believe you don't remember that. Comment. No, see, I do have – I do. I never knew that's what it was, though, because when I was thinking back through the memories, one of the other vivid ones is 
sitting in that room on couches just crying. But I remember it like it felt like we had multiple meetings in there all the time and we just always ended up crying. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if it's that specific one because I remember there was a time we sat in there and it was just miserable. It must have been that. I had no idea that's what it was about. Well, I know you guys were really confused by all of that and weren't really sure what was going on or what it meant. Um, but but I know that from the beginning that you just described to the things that happened in the months and even years that followed, you know, there's a there's a lot that went on. What stands out most in your memories about that time during the affair? It's twofold. One, mom's pain, and being the oldest, I think I was maybe exposed to that the most and brought into a scenario that wasn't healthy. I understand pain now, so I have, I have compassion and grace towards this, but the reality was I was 14. I didn't process it in a healthy manner. So some of the scenarios I was pulled into did damage. And I think she told me too much, and I think she brought me in as her sort of ally. I, I feel like because of that, I was not permitted to own my own pain in the scenario. Like, I, you know, I wanted to love her. I wanted to help. I wanted to be her comfort because I hated the fact that it was like a good year and a half that she laid in bed crying or was even like locked in the closet and um, the stuff she told me about the fair, the details and the stuff that she had me do for her just in as, as far as like investigating things, it just wasn't what it should have been. And um, yeah, that hurt me. I think there's more to that story than I've ever told anybody else because I love mom and I understand that she was hurting and I understand what pain does to a person. Mm-hmm. But if I were to go back in time, <laughs> I probably would separate myself from that a little bit more. I don't think a child should be brought into that. And I don't think a child should be exposed to the deep details of the affair because those are your parents. And regardless, if you made a mistake, you are part of me and I love you and I love both of you. So that was the first part because mom, mom's pain was a little bit, you know, she, she did not hide it. And um, it was out there and it was, it was a difficult reality to walk home every day from school to that. And I remember there was a moment where I was just sitting on the piano and I was like, I don't like you here anymore. I don't like it here anymore. It's it's difficult to come home. But also, I think I felt a pull when I was with you for you to want me to understand your side of things. And I get that. Like, I would want that for my child, too, in a sense. But I don't necessarily think it's healthy. I would hang out with you, and I'd hear your side. Then I'd go hang out with mom, and I'd hear her side. And I'm like, these are my two, these are my parents. I love them both. I don't, I, I felt stuck. I felt, I didn't know what the right thing to do was. There's five of us kids all hurting, and, and I think you and mom were kind of, you know, caught up in your own pain, caught up in your own, your own worlds and your own reality, and um, at times the children's feelings were not considered. I think um, one of the things that changes as a kid when your parents are going through that, like when I watched you and mom go through that, and you guys were, it seemed like on opposite sides, I think the thing that changed for me a lot with that is, uh, like I said before, I was completely unaware of anything going on in either of your guys' lives that would have caused me to view you as anything but probably perfect. Like, I just had no idea that you guys made mistakes. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was extremely obvious that there were two people 
on very different sides. And I went from having parents that I could, like, if you tell me jump off a bridge, I'm probably going to jump off a bridge because why would I doubt you? To having two parents that all of a sudden I have no idea if I can trust either of them because you both would tell us very different stories. And then we'd come home and we'd tell the other parent and the parent would go, well, that's not true. They're just lying to you. And then, and I know a lot of that came out of mom's hurt and frustration because that's what would happen a lot of times to us when we go home to mom. But then we go tell you things and the reaction I remember more from you was like, well, you guys, that's not completely true. You haven't heard my full side of the story because you probably felt like mom was spinning things against you. And you definitely move away from um, having two parents that you can just trust to guide you through stuff to having two parents that you feel like you need to figure out who's lying and who's not. And you're kind of caught in the middle trying to figure that out. I mean, just reality is I probably gave mom like a get out of jail free card for a lot of things. Mom had like diplomatic immunity in my book. Pretty much what mom told me I, I was on board with. And I knew she didn't trust you and questioned a lot of what you said. And I knew it wasn't always true. Uh, what she was thinking. I knew that about mom. I knew mom wasn't perfect, but because mom was the one there with us day to day, I really leaned to her for a lot of things. And I probably at the time pulled away from you just because I had to choose between which parents I was going to be trusting. And mom was there every day. And mom was the one in my mind that had been doing it right. So I, I went towards mom. I was trying to understand both sides. I really was. And, um, it's difficult when you haven't had life experience to really navigate that properly with discernment. Yeah. You had the affair. Okay, well, a lot of people have an affair, and they, you know, we move beyond it and actually think it can be totally okay and healed. But I think at the time it was that there was the affair, and then there was a long period of completely oblivious and unknowing of what was going on. I didn't know if you were still seeing the other woman, if you weren't. I didn't know if you and mom were getting, like from what I remember, I I didn't know if you were getting a divorce or not, if you guys were even talking. I didn't know if you were going to be living with us anytime soon or not. And I was just completely unaware, always trying to figure out what was going on. And then there'd be times where you'd move out of the state and then be back. And I remember when you'd be back, I'd be questioning, is he back with the, the other woman again now that he's back in the area? And mom would obviously suppose you were. And so I'm hearing that from mom. And it wasn't just like a one-time, hey, this happened, let's let's try to work this out. It was, okay, this happened, and it just started this chain of events that continued for probably three or probably three years where it was just like complete unknown in almost every circumstance of what was going on in our family. Of, okay, are you guys going to get a divorce or not? You know, I remember being caught in wanting my children to respect me, to not want to be the bad guy that was blamed for everything, there were times I really wanted to defend myself and some things that were being said. Listen, some of the things that were said about me, completely justified. But there was a lot of things that were said that weren't justified and some things that just absolutely weren't true. And I yeah. know I always struggled with how much do I tell you guys. I, I know there are a lot of times I decided just not to say anything, just expecting that in time, you know, they're going to figure some things out. But I'm yeah. sure that other times I did say too much and and – that at times I actually lied to you guys. I'm sure I can't remember specifics, but I was lying to everybody because when, you know, eventually after I moved out of the house, uh, there was reconnection with the other woman and the affair picked up again and continued, you know, for quite a while. I remember there were times we would, um, I, what had to have been with mom and we would drive by your, 
place we were staying just to check on it. Yeah. We'd drive by and be like, we'd see if the the girl was there or not. And I think that's why I always, I was always completely confused on whether you were with her or not. Cause I'd hear a story that you weren't. And then mom would drive me by to look for her and I couldn't yeah. put the two together. She had me hide in the bushes one time to, to peek on you. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> well, listen, I, I mean, I know that took her to a tremendous place of pain. There mm-hmm. were things that came out of your mom, you know, as far as words and behavior that I had never seen as yeah. part of who she was before. And so I know yeah. that impacted her in some significant ways. I think that's just how she dealt with the hurt of it. And I don't yeah. think that's yeah. true of her before. I don't think it's been true of her since, but it was just really, really rough. My my main yeah. memories of mom during that time are actually, I, like as we talk about this stuff, I recall some of these things, but this that's not what I thought at all. When I was trying to think back through what mom was doing during this whole thing, all I remember was mom laying in bed. And this sounds mm-hmm. horrible to say, but I mean, I just remember mom being in bed all the time. And I yeah. completely learned and understood what depression was at that time. I don't think I had ever heard the word before, but I quickly saw what it was and became the norm that my mom was depressed and she would lay in bed. Yeah, she lost a ton of weight. And there was that one time where we pulled up. She was behind the other woman, and she realized that she was in front of her. So she got out of the car and started screaming at her in front of all my friends. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. This is so much drama. Like, oh, it's so embarrassing. But, I mean, I do get it. I get pain makes a person do things that aren't necessarily them. Yeah. I feel like there's been two really hard times in my life, and that's that was one of them. Yeah. Those next were like, two to three years were just felt dark and heavy. And I know I watched mom go through depression, and then I know that um, I don't know if I was clinically depressed. I don't, I don't know, but I know I went you were, through. You, a, you, you were depressed. It was on your yeah, face. I went through a phase yeah. where I was never happy. And I remember Karen, I can joke about it now, kind of. But <laughs> there was a time where, like, she would ask me, and it wasn't just her. There were people in my school asking the same thing, like, do you ever smile? Like, are you ever happy? Like, I, for some reason, became mm-hmm. that guy that everyone at school, they would almost make fun of me. They'd be like, you never smile. That's so weird. You just mm-hmm. never smile. And I, I don't think I really knew why, but I just never smiled. And I was pretty emotionally dead. And. I remember there came a point where I would, this is probably like at my emotionally lowest, but I would go lock myself in the bathroom. And I don't think I would have ever done anything, but I, I would fill up the sink with water and I would just stop the plug and look at the water and just think about what it would be to stick my head in it and kind of just drown myself. It's kind of, it's weird to say, but mm. I do remember, I think that's really vivid in my head staring at that water thinking, what would it be like to do that? I don't think I had, wanted to do it but I just thought about it because I just didn't understand why I was so sad all the time and so depressed and I remember going into mom's bathroom and stealing her um Prozac at the time yeah I did that with them too (laughs) yeah I I tried I do remember I tried to take it and the next day I didn't feel any better so I stopped (laughs) later on I learned it It takes a little longer than that but I know I thought I remember but I was I was really excited like I felt really bad taking it but I was like this is going to be really nice to feel good for a little while and it didn't do anything obviously because I only took it once or twice but I was definitely at the point where I was looking for something to like make me feel happier 
it just seemed like a really dark time. How, how does family, the experience of family change for you guys? I, I think one of the big things was what we talked about earlier, going from having parents that you felt like you could go to and they were like there for you to having parents that you just weren't sure what was really going on and who was telling the truth on what. So that was a big change for me. Is I, I think actually during that time, I stopped going to you guys for mostly everything. I can't remember during middle school and high school where you guys were at. I try to think of like what I was doing and where, what you guys were doing during that time. And all my middle school and high school memories are all me at my friend's house doing things with them and their families. And I think I just totally saturated myself at my friend's house that had really good family unit. There are two different friends that had really good brothers and sisters and relationships and uh, relationships with both their parents were both there. And I basically just lived there. You had a sad story about a birthday too. That's right. I did come home. That was pretty early on. I think when everything was just happening, came home and it was my birthday. And all I remember was there was a, big coloring book type thing on the table and it said happy birthday there was like a note on it it might have been a birthday card or something that said happy birthday and then i think that was it like i nobody was i don't remember anybody in the house nobody said anything like i don't even remember seeing anybody but that was like my birthday when i came home i think it was probably still so early on that everyone was just absorbed in what was happening yeah, yeah. you know i come across a lot of parents I mean, especially those that are in affairs and one of the things they tell themselves, and I'll admit, I told myself this too, that, well, you know what, if, if things go on, the kids are going to be okay. They'll learn to be fine with me. You know, kids are resilient. They'll get over this. And even if I someday end up with this person I'm having an affair with, they'll eventually learn to accept them. And uh, yeah, it's a little bump everybody has to go over. We'll be fine on the other side of it. What do you think about that? Um, I think that's somewhat like a detached perspective. I think the best way to handle that is to sit down and talk to the kids. Uh, I would love for someone to sit down and talk to me about my feelings, you know, my struggles, my perspective on, you know, the relationship and what would or wouldn't be okay with me. Uh, it would be very difficult um, for me to embrace that relationship had it, you know, actually become something. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, well, it was established. It was established on the, you know, unhealthy boundary. Right. Eventually, the main reason I ended that was finally a clarity of recognition that this would never be something that would fit yeah. easily or well with my children or with my family yeah. in the future, and yeah. I just. And I met with the other woman, you know, mm-hmm. one-on-one. I went over to her house and I talked to her. And actually, I really, I did like her as a person. Um, I saw that she was somewhat redeemed and broken about the decisions that she had made and the impact it had on her family. a lot further down the road, though, just to clarify. Yeah, absolutely. I could the never way you said it sounded like you went over, like, right away. No, sorry. No, absolutely not. No, that, that was years away. <laughs> But I just wanted to gain a great understanding of the situation and her, and I wanted to hear all sides. And I get it. Like, I I get the decisions made when you feel, you know, your world doesn't quite make sense, and 
you're not quite happy, and so you want to escape from it. And I think that's what most affairs are. They're just an escape. Probably a number of parents will be listening to this, both those who have been unfaithful or are currently involved in an affair, and those who have been betrayed and are hurt and are wondering whether their marriages are even going to survive. What would you say, as kids who have gone through this, to each parent in that scenario? I think it depends on what the parents want. Because I've, you know, having been a a child of divorce, of um, somebody who had an affair, you hear about stories all the time as you grow up. Everybody decides to tell you their story too. And I've seen some that have really turned out in, in a weird sense, but for the better, for the family. If the person that had the affair genuinely wants forgiveness from the family for it and wants to stop, my advice to the parents is your kids will absolutely forgive you. It's probably going to rock their world and it's going to be really hard and they're going to view you differently for a while. But I know without a doubt, kids are resilient and they love their parents and they want to see the best in their parents and they will just forgive like crazy. And there's a guy I work with whose dad uh, had an affair and he told the family about it and he asked for forgiveness and they worked through it. And he has a phenomenal relationship with his dad now. And actually, when we talk about it, about our different scenarios, he'll say, watching my dad go through that and choose my mom and to, for them to work through it together taught me a ton about what real love looks like. And I think there's always forgiveness in a family. I think the kids are quick to forgive their parents and work through it. And it'll be tough, but either way is going to be really tough. Kids can absolutely get over it. If parents are worried about their kids ever forgiving them, I would say kids will forgive. Uh, And it can be something that actually shows them what true love looks like. In regards to the person having the affair, the idea of them leaving and then staying with that person and the kids being okay with it, that one really kind of makes my head spin. I, I think I'd really have a hard time seeing that one ever working out well. I'm sure there's families where it has happened and the kids have just learned to deal with it or maybe after a long time it just kind of becomes the norm. But in my mind that becomes almost like from a dad scenario, like, okay, well, my dad chose someone besides my mom. It's more of like I'm replacing your mom rather than, oh, crap, I made a mistake and I want forgiveness from that. It's, oh, no, it wasn't a mistake. I actually like that decision and I'm going to keep making it. That to me is really different. And I'd have a hard time, like if you had stayed with that other woman, I think that would have really changed a lot of the course of our relationship. I think I would have been like, I I don't know, I probably would have pulled really far away from you. And I think the fact that I did see from you over and over, like, I don't want this, like I'm moving beyond this. And that for me was always, okay, I can forgive my dad. I always forgave you and I was quick to forgive you. And I tried not to hold it against you as much as I possibly could. And Yeah, I think the kids will be quick to forgive as long as you're wanting forgiveness for it. And if you don't see it as something that needs forgiving, then your kids may not want to forgive you for it. It's also, like, difficult as a child to embrace the fact that you chose this woman and you ruined my family, you ruined my security, and you're still going to pick her. It comes across as a personal rejection, I would feel. I, I agree. Like, I don't know if I could embrace that relationship, even if I became friends with her or liked her it was just like 
if that had happened, I would have felt like you chose her over your entire family. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. It would feel like she's more important than us, for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about the ones who were cheated on, the ones who have been left, the betrayed parent, the betrayed spouse? Um, anything from your experience you would want to share with them? For me, it was really important to have other people around me at that time that I could go to for that support and guidance. And I remember grandma and grandpa moved back um, right around that time. And that was a, a huge help for me. I'd go over to grandma and grandpa's house and just hang out with them. And I'd, I'd watch their relationship and I'd ask grandpa things and we'd talk through what was going on in our lives. He'd always ask me how things are going and we'd talk through it. And he really made a big impact on me. I really had good friends and teachers they would pull me aside they'd talk with me they'd offer me support and then in, even in the church a youth group some of your former colleagues i think because they knew and loved you so much and loved our family they wanted to help all of us as much as possible so people like pulled us aside and had that group with us and helped us really process yeah. through and then later on with um with tom i think he had a heart for me and really pulled me aside and supported me I have a friend that I'm working with now who's actually um, just found out recently his wife has cheated on him and is filing for divorce and he's got three kids and he was, he'd heard my story and just asked, what hope do I have for my kids that this isn't going to scar them forever? And I said, kids are resilient. They'll get through it if you just love them. I told him there's a lot of maturity that can come out of this if the kids are able to process through it. I know we were talking earlier about whether you'd protect a kid or not, whether you should tell them everything or whether you should tell them nothing and try and protect them. And I think there's, in my mind, a healthy balance in between. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know what was going on because if I didn't know, I was trying to guess and my guesses yeah. were really off and I would just unjustly see your mom in ways I shouldn't have seen you because I was trying to guess at it. So I needed to know enough just to know, here's the baseline of what's happening. I just wish, and I understand it, but, like, I wish that at times we hadn't been brought into your pain, into, you know, your reality. And like Caleb said, there should be a healthy balance. Parents should have a support system for themselves, and kids should have a support system for themselves. Counseling or whatever, uh, reach out to people who are your, you know, your age and not your children to sort of navigate that pain that's existing right now. Well, Kara, you said earlier that if you could go back in time, your response to mom probably would have been different. And I was yeah. thinking when you said that, well, if we could go back in time, that wouldn't have even been necessary <laughs> because there's no doubt in my mind if I could go back and undo things, if I could go back and make different choices, you know, I certainly would have and our family would have remained together. But we can't. I mean, there's consequences to the choices we've made. And, yeah. you know, I can look back with a lot of regret. But I can also look back with a lot of gratitude as well for you guys, for the fact that I can stand here today and say my children have forgiven me, that there's grace on the Absolutely. other side of all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I, unfortunately, I see some families where that's not granted. I mean, the, the division between parents and kids remains sometimes for a lifetime. So I'm very thankful that's not our story. It's nice to be in a place now where, you know, you're remarried, mom's remarried, 
and I have a good relationship with both of your spouses. I live in the same town as mom, and so I, I go over there regularly, and we have a daughter, and uh, her and her husband love Avon and play with her, and we love both of them, and I love going to your house, and you and Sharon just love Avon. Avon loves you, and I mean, life moves on, and now Avon has three grand, three sets of grandparents, and it's totally cool, and it works, and she loves all of them the same, and she has no, I mean, she's still too young to recognize what's going on, but her mind is no big deal. She's got three sets of grandparents, and I mean, the, I think the neat thing for us is someday we'll be able to sit her down and help her process through that and help her understand mm-hmm. how, ultimately how there was forgiveness and healing from it. Was it the right choice at the time? No, but she's going to make so many wrong choices and she's going to have to ask for forgiveness and we're going to have to forgive her and we will forgive her just like we forgave this situation. There's nothing she can do that we won't forgive. My kids stand out most and what impacted me during that time of the confusion and the fog and all that sort of stuff going on. One thing that was very clear to me, even when I was experiencing it, was how emotionally disconnected I became to you guys. I mean, just in, in moments, not all the time, but there are moments that I would just emotionally disconnect from you guys. One of them was when we had you on the couch telling you that, you know, we were getting divorced. I remember in that moment how detached I felt from you guys and how surprised I was over that because that's not normally me. But that wasn't okay. the only time. That was just kind of my own way of coping and not going nuts and probably not putting a gun to my head for everything that I was doing was to just cut myself off from those feelings. But they were yeah. also, that connection with you guys, were the ones that would be quickest to come back and sometimes in surprising ways when I was with you yeah. and sometimes when I wasn't with you would just sweep over me and overwhelm me. And it was the connections with you guys that were probably the most significant in bringing me to the place of you know, eventual brokenness. Too late for our family to be saved, but, you know, at least for me to start dealing more honestly with everything that I'd done and everything that I'd gone through. So you guys have been a very important part of this process all along, and the huge regret in just knowing the pain and the hurts and the scars that you guys have to carry for all of that. Yeah, and there's healing in you just taking ownership of you know, what you did, and I respect that. I mean, we've come to a place with you where there's no sort of defiance towards what you've done. You own it, and that in and of itself offers the gift of grace, offers open communication, which is a big deal. When someone has an affair, there's the, I think the people around them have the tendency to define them as that person that had the affair afterwards. And I, mm-hmm. I think, like, there was a tendency for a while for me growing up, like, oh, well, my dad's the one that had the affair. And I, I mean, like Kara was saying, there's been healing where it's like, that's irrelevant at this point in my life. You're not the dad that had the affair. You're just my dad. You're not Avon's grandpa that had the affair. You're just Avon's grandpa. And yeah, there's a, there's a story of all of our lives, but it's totally been healed over. And that's not the defining feature of you at all anymore. We all make mistakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's what drives me. If there's anything I can do to bring into the marriages and families of other people going through this that can minimize the regret that they have to carry with them for the rest of their lives. I mean, that's what drives me to do what I do. 
if I can plug in at any place along the way and try to encourage a different kind of thinking and a different kind of outcome, mm-hmm. then that's what drives me to do this. So, Papa, yeah. I love you. I love Thank you and you. I forgive you and I, I'm grateful that you're you're even doing this, this kind of work. So Yeah, I, I'm I'm thankful I get to do it too. Oh, it's not I'm always sure an easy thing to do. Listening yeah, to you guys, no, that's, that's hard <laughs> that's to listen hard. to some of that stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I know. That's I'm the one reason I didn't want to. <laughs> no, no, very I, hesitant I'm glad to do it. I'm I know. Very thankful I know. you did. And I'm, I'm open to my story, and I, I want. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us healthy is that we can be honest and vulnerable in those things. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you guys. We love you. I love you too. Karen Caleb are uh, online live. If some of you have questions or comments you would like to ask them. Hi, I do have a question regarding how to tell the kids. I have three adult children in their 20s. Husband had an affair and wants something different in his life. He feels that we should be a united uh, front when we tell the kids. I don't feel very united with him right now. And he says that, you know, Maybe we shouldn't tell them the truth, which is he wants something different because that would not be helpful for them. And my thought is the truth is never a wrong decision. So I wanted your take on that. I do think, you know, when the children are told that both parents should be present, I, from my experience going from one to the other, I just got, you know, their version, then his version, her version, his version, and it just messed up my head. It's good that they would both be there and be able to process each person's side with the children. I think the children would want that, and they would have questions. As far as um, (laughs) covering up the truth, that's so hard to answer because I know that he wants to do that just to sort of save his own butt, but then it does do damage. Caleb said kids are resilient, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I remember hurting. I remember, like, these are my parents, and... They made me, and they're separated. It's a confusing, confusing situation. Um, so I would tell them the truth, but not all of the dirty details. If I heard correctly, the children, she said the children are around 20. So they were adult um, children, yeah. If you've gotten to the place where you can sit down and you guys can have uh, an emotionally controlled conversation about it, then I would say, yes, absolutely. Sit down with your kids and talk through it together. Because I think Kara's right. It's better if both parents are there so everybody can you all will hear and be on the same page with what's going on. But I think if it's still fresh and both parents aren't able to sit down uh, and be emotionally stable about it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that because at the beginning it's emotionally charged, my personal recommendation would be to do it separate because like we were talking about earlier, Pop, I remember so many times we'd sit in that room with the couches and it would just end in tears and we just Mm -hmm. constantly cry and cry. And that's, that is the only memory I have of doing family meetings was just we cried. I don't remember what we talked about, but we cried all the time. And I think it would be harder for kids to learn about that and to see their parents um, arguing with each other at the same time. I think that's just adding an unnecessary amount to it that the kids don't need. I agree. You know, a strong emotion that's likely to come out. You want to avoid that. At the same time, whatever you can do as parents to be a united front, even though you're at this point not together, 
and yet you are always going to be parents to your children. So in whatever capacity, you can communicate things in a way that is cooperating together in doing it that is to the children's benefit. And in regards to telling the truth, especially with adult children, I, I think you should be honest. I'm always on the side of honesty. It's, you don't have to be completely transparent about everything, as Kara said. They don't need to know ugly details. But if the reason for, I mean, especially if, if the unfaithful spouse is planning to continue a relationship with someone, you probably need to be honest about that. The, the problem with not being honest is sometimes the betrayed spouse, it puts them in a really awkward place of having to give reason why this d- separation or divorce is happening when they really didn't want it to happen. Yeah, and absolutely. it's not fair to put them in that place of having to make up some stories saying, oh, yeah, I wanted this too. And so some explanation needs to be given, you know, age appropriate, that kind of gives a, an honest perspective. Okay, I'm going to take one more question. Let's say we have one more. What is your question? Hi, uh, my wife had an affair that uh, hit B-Day back in the first part of November. Um, I have two teenage boys, and they pretty much saw me become virtually emotionally and psychologically crippled for the first three months. Um, You know, I've been on the rebound since then, but it was really hard. And I just wanted to know your perspective. Everything, most everything was readily apparent to them after it happened. I mean, not specific details of, of intimacy, but what had happened. And mom's been kind of out of the picture. Uh, she's here and there intermittently. We haven't even come to any conclusion of where our relationship is going at this point. I don't know. I just wanted your, your perspective on it. Well, thank you. I'm going to let my kids comment on that, but, th- but thank you for that question. So there's a father who his children for three months just saw his wife's affair kind of wipe him out and they experienced probably the extreme emotions that you're likely familiar with. Uh, What would you say to him? That kind of stuff is a part of life and it's obviously not easy to see your parent like that. From my experience of dealing with it, I would love to have a conversation with mom and process that with her from a point of like understanding the other person's perspective and then just sort of incorporating some grace in the situation. And um, there is a gift in trying to understand. I know it's kind of difficult. I don't know if you're open with your children, but we have a very open family. Um, And so we we sit down and process all the time. It's kind of our thing. (laughs) But it, it is healing. It's makes you feel uncomfortable, I, I would just encourage you to just um, break free of that and sit down with your boys and just process it with them and, and ask them how they're doing. Ask them what hurts. Ask them if there's anything you can do. And, like, like seek to understand before be understood. And I'm sorry that happened. Uh, this sounds pretty spot on to how it was with us and mom, I would say, where what we were talking about earlier is mom went through a season of depression and really emotionally everything just changed and I checked out for a while and was emotionally unstable and I will say from a kid's perspective because I was like I said I was going I was in junior high sixth grade to junior high and uh, just for encouragement for you my uh, love for my mom at that time was limitless I watched her going through that I understood how hard it was for her and I completely forgave her for being an emotional wreck at that time because I understood how much 
uh, she loved my dad at that time and how much that affected her. And I would say for you, really know that I bet your kids have that same mindset. And I would also say that their relationship with you probably will be, I would imagine, really close as you get older and really trusting because my relationship with my mom during that, I really learned to trust my mom because I was, depending on if your kids are with you or with, um, it sounds like they're with you, uh, I learned to really trust on her to be the one that was there every day for us and dependable. And I watched her continue to struggle to work, even though I knew when she was at home how hard things were emotionally. I watched her get up, go into work, try to have a life, but then I saw at home what it was really taking a toll on her. And I just learned to respect my mom and understand that no matter what, you can get through things. And it taught me a lot to see my mom do that and understood really perseverance through trial. So yeah, for me, it'd be encouragement that it can actually be a really positive thing with your kids. And I, I wouldn't get down on yourself that you're scarring your kids. I think that actually they can learn a lot from it and they'll see a lot in you that they can model later, later in their life. Thank you both for being part of this, and uh, I love you, and I'm thankful for everything that you've done to allow a painful, damaging part of your life be able to turn into something that there are good parts to it, including forgiving me, including coming on here to try to encourage and help others. Mm-hmm.